God, you got the gift. You're the only one that can help me. Jerry, I can't. It's like saying to Pavarotti, teach me to sing like you. <laughs> All right, well, I gotta go take this test. I can't believe I'm doing this. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. This is Plausibly Live. Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are and whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today. Most of them are far beyond our control, you might say. So perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life and thought about the laws of gravity. The blue dot. Lies. Purim. Elected officials, politics, and or the news. Don't touch that dial. Just try to hear me out for a little while. Well, I am a little under the weather this morning. Kind of, uh, kind of hung over. Um, Rod and I were going at it this morning about Dave. Dave's hungover. Last night, today, but last night in particular, is the Festival of Purim, which is perhaps more commonly known as uh, the holiday for, for Esther, celebration of the story of Esther in the Bible. The story of Esther is one of those stories that it has always fascinated me. It's probably my second favorite book of the Bible because it has, even though it's my second favorite book, my second favorite story, it has perhaps my favorite quote in all of Scripture in it. And the story is about, of course, a tragic event that is averted at the last second. There are some things, though, that as you get older, you realize in the story aren't quite the Sunday school version of it. And as you delve deeper into the story, you begin to understand that what you're dealing with here are people who lie a lot. I mean, it's not even funny sometimes the lies that are flowing across here. There are a lot of myths involved with the story. One of the myths is that Ashoverosh, the king, Artaxerxes, is somehow or another duped into being uh, willing to allow the Jews to be massacred by Haman. That's not true. That's a lie. Haman simply tells the king what he wants to hear. And the king is kind of a, he's kind of a dirtbag too. Haman is for sure, but, but it's a great example of how officials can tell falsehoods about things and the course that those falsehoods cause to happen. And then when they're called out, which is what we have to do, um, the politicians go into typical politicians defense mode and change the, change the narrative. It's a fascinating story, but one of the conditions of one of the, one of the things that we do on Purim is we drink, and we drink because the end of the story, of course, is great joy and great celebration, and Jews are encouraged to kind of let their guard down for a day and experience great joy by getting drunk, and you have to get drunk. You have to get drunk to the point where you can't tell the difference between the phrases, it's two phrases, blessed be Mordechai, 
and cursed be Haman. And if you can say either of those phrases coherently, you're not drunk enough, so you keep drinking. And while I didn't get completely blottoed last night because I had to drive, when I got home, I continued on (laughs) until I couldn't. Anyway, story is a great story, but it has a moral lesson that sort of affects what we're going to talk about today. One of my favorite pictures of Ben He's probably three, maybe four. He's old enough to talk and communicate, but but I don't remember exactly how old he was. But he's standing on the... He wasn't potty trained, I can tell you that, because he's wearing a diaper in the picture. He's standing on the sink in the bathroom, and he's leaning into the mirror. In fact, he has one hand on the mirror, and he's leaning into it, and he has his hand holding his, his other hand, holding his hair back so that his forehead is visible. And you can tell that he's looking in the mirror intently at his forehead. Now, why is he doing this? Because he had told me a lie earlier, a few minutes before that. And I informed him that the little blue dot was showing. Little blue dot? What are you talking about, Dad? There's a dot on your forehead. It's blue. And when you tell me a lie... I can see the dot, and only dads can see it. Nobody else can see it. Only dads can see it. Mom, can you see it? Nope, only dads can. So he went in the bathroom, climbed up on the sink, and he's looking in the mirror for the little blue dot, trying to find out. I said, you're not a dad yet. You can't see it. I love that picture. And we still joke about it even today. Uh, he'll say something that I, I know is untrue, and I will say, your blue dot's showing. And he'll laugh a little bit about it, and we'll we'll go on our way. Um, ben, in that picture, is learning the concept that lying is problematic. But it doesn't change who he is, and it doesn't change the fact that every now and then today, last night he was supposed to do his chores, and <clears throat> he didn't. And I said to him this morning when I roused him out of bed. You didn't do your chores. And he said, yes, I did. I said, no, you didn't. And I put the trash can that was still full on his bed. Anyway, it doesn't change basic human nature, but I thought it was kind of cute. And I wish that there was a way that we could force our leaders. And I'm going to use two terms interchangeably today, politician and elected official. Read it however you want to read it. I wish there was a way to get them to admit when they are lying. They don't like to, but we can try. I got a text Monday. I don't remember. Just a reminder that you can text the show, 209-565-DAVE. I get a text from a listener, I guess in Oregon. said, Dave, your take on free speech is very interesting. Here's my question. What are we as the public to do when we discovered that our elected officials are saying things they know to be false? It can be proven that they know to be false, but they keep saying it and knowingly lie to the people. That should have consequences under the law, in my humble opinion. Thanks. Keep up the work. Great work. Well, you're dealing with human psychology and you're dealing with human emotion. And even even in the text, there are some things that, you know, 
the first thing that it says is uh, they know that what they're saying is false. That's an assumption on your part, which makes this a loaded question. What is a lie, in your opinion, might not be a lie in my opinion. Might not be in somebody else's opinion. We're talking about the philosophy here of convictions. When two people look at the same exact thing and come to opposite conclusions, and since there's no definitive example, we have to talk more in the in the realm of of conceptual here. Do socialists and conservatives see exactly the same thing the same way? I mean, let's just take a subject, take uh, free enterprise, capitalism. As conservative, I see capitalism as great, and I'm going to tell you capitalism is great, but a socialist is going to tell you that I'm lying because, quote, I know better that it's not, because everybody's not equal and rich and blah, blah, blah. In recent days, uh, recent years, we've seen this 1619 project, which looks at American history much differently than most of you do, most of I do, most of I. (laughs) It's not really a phrase, but again, I'm hungover. Is it possible to see things differently without actually mm, lying about it? That's the first question you got to ask. The second problem that you run into, and this is this is where it gets a little more subtle. You've seen this happen, and I guarantee you you've seen it happen, and I guarantee you you probably blew it off as, oh, they might be right. And that's what I call the politician's ultimate defense. Anytime you catch a politician in anything, anytime you catch an elected official in anything, anytime you catch a civil servant in anything, the defense goes to, well, why did you lie about this? Well, it's not really a lie because if you knew what I knew about the subject, you would understand what I'm actually saying. So, I'm not lying. You're just ignorant of all the facts. And if you knew all the facts, then you would know that I'm telling the truth. You've seen politicians do this. I'm telling you, I've seen politicians do this. I've had politicians do this on my show. To which I've often replied, fine, fill me in. I'm sitting here. I'm ready to hear your facts. Well, I can't tell you. Why can't you tell me? Because it's, how's this for, how's this for apropos to the news these days? Because it's classified. Why is it classified? (laughs) They don't like those kinds of questions. But they actually do like those kinds of questions because now we're talking about why something is classified or not classified or what I don't know, what I don't know about what they know instead of what they actually said. They love that. They would much rather talk about that than anything else. Don't believe me? Watch some press conferences sometimes, and you'll understand what's going on. Politicians are masters at this, folks, and the ones who aren't masters at this don't last very long in this business. If you Take a politician, any politician you want. I don't care who it is. Elected official, politician, civil servant. Civil servants are a little bit different because they tend to avoid uh, you know, public scrutiny. But any politician or elected official you want. And listen cleanly to what they say and see how often they actually deflect the question into something else. 
what is your position on, um, I don't know, pick a subject, you know, $2 bills? Well, it's not really a question about $2 bills. It's really a question about our monetary policy, which is what we really need to be talking about. And in talking about those things, we perhaps, you know, whatever. If the lie is you're going to get rid of the $2 bill, they've just deflected that, right? They've just sent that somewhere else. That's one technique that they use. And I, I, I swear to God, if you start watching these policies, if you start watching these calls, especially if you're watching news programs or interviews that actually cover the whole thing that they've said, oftentimes, particularly on your local news and the like, that, they won't even show the question. They'll just show the statement by the politician. So you really have no idea what, what they were talking about. The other thing that they do, and you need to keep this in mind when you're dealing with elected officials and politicians, they watch television. Okay? They understand human psychology probably better than human psychologists do. Like Heyman, who understood what Artaxerxes actually wanted, which was money and power, played on his psychology, played on his biases to promise him that money and power. If you will give me what I want, which is, of course, more power more control. This is what politicians do. To gain more control, more power, more money, they will tell you what you want to hear. And you may say to yourself, he's telling me a lie, or she's telling me a lie. But here's the thing, and this is something they learned from television, something you can learn from television. I'm not saying this is a good thing, but it's a fact. Once upon a time, Jerry Seinfeld was sitting in the diner with George Costanza, and they were talking about how to get out of something, and, and Jerry was concerned because he was going to have to tell a lie, and Jerry didn't want to lie. And George Costanza looks at him across that table, and one of the most famous lines in television history said, quote, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. Trust me on this. Politicians believe everything that comes out of their mouth. It has to be true because I'm the politician. I'm the elected official. If it wasn't true, then it would be a lie, and I can't lie to my constituents. Whether you know it's a lie or not is irrelevant. In their minds, they think it's true. And because they think it's true, they can say it with conviction, they can say it with passion, and... They can argue with you about why are you calling me a liar? Because in their heads, they've already rationalized that it's true. Trust me on this. It's not a lie if they believe it. And believe me, they're telling you what they believe. The texter wants to know, what can we do about this? What it should, be, should it be punishable under the law? <laughs> I don't know. The Romans had a phrase, caveat emptor, buyer beware. If you know it's a lie, are you going to go along with them? Or are you going to challenge them? There are some things I suppose we could do. Number one, and this is something that I would encourage along the lines of everything, stop voting party line. Stop voting for somebody just because of the letter they have after their name. 
When you do that, you're no different than Haman, or, or sorry, you're no different than Artaxerxes, who heard from Haman what he wanted to hear. And it played on his own biases, his own desires, his own evil inclinations. And he went along with it, because Haman agreed with him. Someone says, I politically agree with you. I politically align with you. Really? Let's have a conversation about that. Let's see, because as we've seen in the past week and a half, just because Republicans say they agree with the issues I agree with, turns out they don't. They don't give a flying flip about free speech. They don't care about the Constitution at all. That's fact, folks. Stop voting party line. Vote for people that you've actually, I don't know, talked to and and find you can tolerate. Second thing is, of course, accountability matters. This is more difficult and more problematic for us than we think. It's hard to hold them accountable because lies, while evil and transient, are not illegal. And I don't think they should be. I, 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 how do you punish something in the law? If you lie under oath, that's perjury. I get that because now you're, now you're corrupting the justice system. But if I just stand out here as a politician and say, I promise that I will do this for you if I'm elected. And it's a complete and total lie, and you know it's a complete and total lie, but I know it in, in my head I believe it, so, but eventually I'm going to come up with some reason why I can't. If only you knew what I knew, that's why I can't do that thing for you. If you knew what I knew, you would understand that while I had great intentions, it wasn't realistic and I couldn't get it done because of this other thing that someone else has done and it's classified and I can't tell you about it. But there's a reason why every time a politician does that, you ever notice this? Something else magically comes up. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Let's talk about your lie on the television station, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wait a minute. Here's this other story that's really important. We need to talk about that. It's actually called smothering. It's, it's, It's an actual tactic. It's in their book. You can look it up. It's not that they ignore the problem story. It's not that they ignore the problematic issue. They just smother it with something else, like pouring a bunch of mushroom gravy over a chicken fried steak. (laughs) They just smother it. And at the end of the day, you got to keep this simple idea in mind. And I know if I were sitting here with a bunch of politicians, elected officials, they would argue with me. But here you go. This simple fact is a truth. Elected officials do not care about the future. They don't care about the future. Only today. If they actually did care about the future, would they be doing the things that they do today? You know, if they really did care about it, what would they be doing differently? But they don't. So they don't do anything about it because they can't. There was a pastor once upon a time who said this. A lie may take care of the present, but it has no future. And that's politicians. When the politician lies to you, number one, they don't believe that they're lying, but they are telling you that they don't worry about tomorrow. They're not concerned about what happens 
downstream. They're only concerned about what happens right now, which is right now I need to be in power because this is how I benefit myself. Politics is about the self, period. And just like Haman telling Artaxerxes that if we do this, it'll it'll improve your 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 position. No, it won't. It'd make Haman more powerful. But at the end of the day, it sounded good. Lastly, never vote for them again. They tell you one lie, they'll tell you two. And if they told you two, they probably told you ten and you just don't realize it. Because they were things that you wanted to hear. You agreed with. So even though they were lies, they didn't believe they were lies. And for some reason, you don't believe that they're a lie. Never vote for them again. If they tell you one lie, never vote for them again. They've got other things they can do. They don't need to be there. Will that work? Probably not. People are stupid. And the fact is that politicians are in the business of influencing the most people that they can. But at the end of the day, the only person whose actions for whom you are responsible is you. You can stand for what you believe or go along to get along. That's what politicians are aiming for, to get the vast majority to accept whatever drivel comes out of their mouths, to accept the lie, to go along to get along. I wish I had better news for you, but I'm still hungover and there you go. Take the time right now. Tell the people that matter in your life you love them very much. You'd miss them if they weren't there, so don't pass up those opportunities. You don't want to have that regret. Plausibly Live, I'm Dave Bowman, and we'll see you next time for the Dave Bowman Internet On Demand Radio Show.